0: Paleo Runner podcast is devoted to finding better ways to live, run, train, and eat. I'm your host Aaron Olson. You can find more information by going to paleorunner.org. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Search for Paleo Runner in iTunes and click ratings and reviews. You can also follow me on facebook.com runpaleo or on twitter at runpaleo. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about a product I've been using called 3Fuel. 3 3Fuel 3 is a sports drink that gives you fat, protein, and carbohydrates to use as a fuel source. Unlike sugar sports drinks, 3Fuel gets absorbed slowly into your bloodstream to give you sustained energy throughout your workout. If you'd like to give it a try, you can get 10% off by using the coupon code 3 Olsen. Go to paleorunner.org and click 3Fuel at the top of the page. If you're listening through the podcast app on iPhone, click the link displayed on the app right now. My guests today are Karis Mardson and Matt Whitmore. Karis Mardson and Matt Whitmore own a group training and nutrition company known as Fitter London and Fitter Food. They are passionate about enhancing people's lives through the power of nutrition and exercise. They run weekly classes, workshops, and group health transformations, encouraging people to adopt a more primal approach to nutrition. Karis is a nutrition geek while Matt loves cooking and being creative in the kitchen. They've just released a fantastic cookbook called Paleo Primer, a jumpstart guide to losing body fat and living primally, Matt and Karis, thanks so much for being part of the show. Thank you for having us. Matt. Yeah,
1: thanks for having
0: us. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you guys get started with the paleo diet? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, basically, we, uh, we, we, we run a fitness and nutrition company, as you've just said. And um, hang on a second. Um, I became a personal trainer about five years ago and um, launched for London with Matt. And we're very much about sort of exercise. Um, we're really big fans of kettlebell training. I don't know if you've ever done that.
0: I haven't done it, but I, I've heard about it. I mean, I know what it is. Yeah, it's, it sounds yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, we love it. I mean, I used to do sort of running and cycling as well, but um, I really sort of we, we did a lot of kettlebell courses and we really enjoyed it so um we launched um a group training company based on on kettlebell training and, and classes running every week and um it was a friend of ours um we were sort of interested in nutrition but we were more towards sort of um you know sort of standard government nutrition public health nutrition we thought things like you know porridge and stuff um were, were traditionally deemed healthy and a friend of ours in the gym mentioned paleo diet to us one day um he was just in great shape and i said what are you doing and he said yeah check out paleo diet mm-hmm. um and i went off and ordered um Rob Wall's book and Lorraine Cordain's book and just started to read up on it and um instantly we sort of changed our breakfast first didn't we and we yeah. went to more of um, having things like eggs um, and even sort of dinner from the night before uh, and both of us just saw a big difference immediately and looking from our body composition to our energy and our skin and um, for me digestion because um, I'd had sort of a big struggle with, with IBS for a few years so um, yeah that was that was a great benefit for me mm-hmm. um, and then we've just taken it from there we've continued sort of following um, and a primal approach and, and looked at introducing dairy um and now obviously you've got some great podcasts out there and vlogs um and articles so there's we just continually evolve it really with the more that we learn about yeah. paleo nutrition but and it's also great that they now share a lot of information about um sort of beyond nutrition about lifestyle and stress and um and sleep health as well and that we've really
0: benefited from that as well right. mm-hmm. so did you guys go both come to paleo at the same
2: time uh k- k- Kerry's converted a little bit sooner than, sooner than I did. I mean, I was a little bit, uh, ignorant, I suppose. And I suppose it was a, a, the biggest factor was there were a lot of things I didn't really want to give up because I liked them. But, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I had issues myself in mm. terms of like digestive issues, yes. Um, I kept breaking out in, um, in rashes. I had a few intolerances to foods so that I was eating in excess. And, uh, yeah, eventually I kind of, um, just took care, it, care advice and within five days, I felt the difference. Wow! And, and that was it. I mean, once I felt as good as I felt within the first week, there was no way I was turning back, you know, I mean, yeah. my, my bloating had gone, I, my energy levels were through the roof and yeah. And I, the rest is history. I've back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing how powerful it is when you just, change a few things about your diet tweak a few things how powerful it can be and how you how you feel and perform and and things of that nature how did you guys go from just being paleo enthusiasts to coming up with the idea of writing a cookbook
1: um, because we run a group training company and we have sort of um, individual clients as well, um we started to take all of those on a, a sort of primal journey with us um,
0: okay.
1: and we noticed a few things that um are sort of barrier to, to them changing, and some of it was not fully understanding uh, why we were sort of encouraging them to eat that way um you know, It's fine for us we read all the books and we're sort of involved in this all the time, but it was some of the concepts were a little bit hard for them to grasp. And then the next thing was that they, I suppose, simplified it and just thought we were saying eat meat, eat meat all the time, meat and fish, um, you know, and salad. And it's not really like that because when you look online and and some of the books we were reading, there's there's some really great sort of recipes and, and people have got really creative with paleo nutrition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and also ourselves, we'd got um, we work long hours and we got good at some really quick, simple um sort of meals in minutes and. We actually just started to write it for our clients. Um, we just started to put together, I think we said we'd do about fifty recipes for our clients with a bit of information about why to eat that way, um, in a little ebook. And we showed it to a couple of friends and, and one of them said, That's not an ebook, that's a book.
0: and um,
1: mm. I'd got a bit carried away with the uh nutrition information I think. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt had got a bit carried away with the cooking. So it just it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and yeah, they sort of planted the seed that you know, we could go off and actually try and get this um, turned into a book. And that's what we did.
0: Okay. Yeah, you know, I really like how you mentioned that the you came up with this idea of meals and minutes. And well, the first thing when I got the book is it's printed on sort of like notebook paper and it has a ton, like every page has a picture on it, which is great. Some cookbooks don't have a lot of pictures, but this and the way it's printed and the way it's laid out just really makes me want to try a lot of the different recipes that you have in here. And they seem so simple to make. Um yeah I mean How-
2: we we wanted to go for a bit of a we wanted to go like for a bit of a, a scrapbook or you know notebook kind of feel with the book you know we wanted it to be quite homely and give the impression that we'd almost hand it if you like
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and what you mentioned just there one of our pet hates is cookbooks that ha- that don't have pictures Right. We, we think it's so important to have like a really nice picture of of what it is people are about to, to you know take the time to cook. So we we made sure we had a picture for every recipe, didn't we?
0: Yeah, that was non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So your book is called The Paleo Primer. So tell me a little bit, what is it, if someone's just tuning in to this podcast for the first time, give me a, a quick overview of what you think was so beneficial. What is it that helped you feel better and get rid of your IBS and, and just perform better in the gym? What are, what are some of the basics?
2: Well, I mean, because obviously the, the initial thing for me was cutting out a lot of the processed foods, um, you know, I, whilst I felt I was being healthy and eating wholemeal pasta wholemeal bread, uh, things like that, you know, actually they, they were causing me good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, just dropping out the the processed foods, uh, replacing it with really good quality, like single ingredient, whole foods, and, and just be, being a bit creative with the, you know, with, with the recipes that you make. It doesn't need to be complicated, you know, just getting some good quality meat or chicken and whack it in a pan with a load of vegetables and some spices and a good quality oil. And, you know, it tastes really good. And is completely natural. So for me, I wouldn't say the transition was easy, Um, but, you know, I just kind of took it step by step. Like As Keris mentioned earlier, I'd start off with breakfasts and then uh, saw it as a bit of a challenge to be a bit more creative with our evening meals and finding ways to replace those those food groups like pasta and bread, uh, you know, with more natural food sources. And I mean, like I said, it's when you experience the benefits. i don't know it's 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 that feeling actually knowing that what you're doing is working that it just made it really easy for me Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think also i was going to say that um the the foods that you're eating are the most nutrient dense foods that's what the paleo diet is 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 pretty much about so that's why you start to feel they're foods that support you know good gut health they're foods that nourish your skin and they're foods that you know can be easily um you know sort of absorbed for energy so that's why a lot of people experience you know benefits in, in in sort of Every aspect of their health when they switch to this mode of eating.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into some of the meals. Tell me, pick out a couple of your favorite meals. Um, w- one thing that I really piqued my interest was um, the Scotch egg. I've never, I've never made one of those. I've had one one time before, and it was amazing. Um, how does that? What is that process like? And then tell me a couple of. Your guys's favorite meals?
2: so funny you mentioned the Scotch egg. E- everybody mentions the Scotch egg. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um, I mean, do, do you guys ha- have Scotch eggs in America or? Oh,
0: uh, there's there's a pub in Minneapolis where I am, and they have them, but that's the only place that I've ever seen them before.
2: Okay, I mean they're they're, they're pretty big here in the UK, and um, I I grew up on them. My my nan used to cook them all the time, then my mum used to cook them, and so uh, I mean traditionally they're not that healthy. They're they're coated in breadcrumbs and then a deep fried more often than not uh, whereas we i mean as you can see in the book we we coat them in uh, ground almonds and we oven bake them mm-hmm. so uh, i'd actually say that is one of my favorite recipes in the book mm-hmm. just for pure ease you know you can cook you can cook those in bulk they're great as a breakfast they're great as a snack you know they're even great as a quick dinner with some salad or some vegetables so yeah it's definitely one of my favorites as well as the the man maker pie as well because again you can just cook it in bulk and you can freeze a load or whack it in Tupperware boxes and have for lunches throughout the week.
0: Okay, okay. How about you, Karis? Um, tell me one of your favourite meals. Um,
1: well, you know, if if I'm if I'm being good, I'd say something. Um, one of the fish dishes, and uh, you should try the mustard seed salmon. That's been really popular with um with our clients and and some people on our page. Um, But if I'm being honest, (laughs) then it's going to be something from Cheats of Champions. So probably chocolate macadamias or um, any of the brownies or the cake recipes or the the chestnut brownies. Um, You have to give them a try. They're really good.
0: Okay. Yeah, I love that chapter, how you entitled it Cheats of Champions. Um, people think that when you go on a paleo diet that it's, at least people I've talked to say, you know, I could never do that. It's uh, it's, it's too depriving of, uh, you know, the tasty foods. But, you know, some of the things you have on here, uh, like plum cake and dark chocolate almond cake, how do you go about incorporating a, a paleo approach to these more dessert-like items?
1: Um, well, a lot of that came from, um, my mum. She's, um, she's great at sort of baking cakes and, and she, um, will take sort of standard recipes for things and then, and, and we'd have a little bit of a chat and I'd say, oh, we could use coconut flour or we'd use almonds, almond flour, um, any of the nut flours really, and then swap in honey instead of refined sugar or even coconut sugar. Um, and, and we still sort of say to clients, um, it's about sort of getting as many nutrients into it, even though it's a cake, you know, you can get used butter and, and get some good nutrients in there. And then the rest is about, um, portion control and maybe just not having them as a daily thing, obviously. So, um, yeah, we just try and keep them to the weekend if we can, or, or after a hard workout, it's probably best.
0: Mm-hmm. One of, from, uh, one of the healthy snacks that you mentioned are, or that for the recipes that you have in the book is, homemade kettle chips and uh since i went paleo i haven't had uh, potato chips anymore but these look pretty amazing and they look like they could be a healthy snack uh, tell me how you came up with those that was your idea that
1: way yeah um a lot of people say they miss miss crisps um well we call them crisps here but you call them chips mm-hmm. uh, yeah basically we um we just started slicing up vegetables into really thin um thin slices and put them in the oven and i think actually there was sort of an accident and i wandered off and left the oven on for a bit too long. <laughs> and when I came back, um, they'd gone like crisps. So we were quite happy with that, weren't we? And so, yeah, yeah, they I definitely look, they look like kale chips. So we'll definitely put those in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the key is to cook them on a really low heat for quite a long time and, and get them a little bit crispy.
0: Mm. You have a couple of recipes in the book that include liver. And I had actually never had liver until I went on the paleo diet. I heard about how nutrient dense it was, Tell me about how you cook livers so that it actually tastes good.
2: Well, I mean um, I mean sometimes I mean we just cook it with a little bit of bacon uh, and some eggs and have that in the morning, uh, you know, just pan fried in some coconut oil but I actually normally cook liver as if I was uh, doing like a like a, a, a steak stir fry, if you like. So I chop the the liver up into strips and cook it either in either some butter or some coconut oil, as well as along with some smoked paprika, some cayenne chili, a little bit of garlic and salt, and it and it tastes amazing. So yeah, just get a load of herbs in there, spices, and it really does taste awesome. But it's it's something we, we we're still struggling with today. You know, uh, we love liver, but it's quite hard to convert people to eat organ meats which is a shame because it's yeah. it's really cheap and uh-huh. it's packed with nutrients so but yeah it's a it's a bit of a job
1: we suggested it, dip, dipping it in a in a boiled egg is one way that um i, mean, I quite like that but we haven't had that much success with clients no. yeah.
0: oh yeah i saw that recipe that looked great i'm gonna try that <laughs> Um how about carbohydrates a lot of your meals don't have a lot of carbohydrates are are those something as you're working with your clients and doing a lot of intense exercise are those necessary uh,
2: I mean the thing is I mean we 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 are very much pro carbohydrates and okay. I think uh, questions we get a lot is I think people assume that the paleo diet is low carb um when it's not you know where you know the body needs carbohydrates the body needs glucose but it's obviously what carbohydrates you're eating and and how many carbohydrates you're eating so most people they today eat too many carbs so it's just about you know getting people to reduce the carbs that they're eating and just making sure that they're eating enough to to complement their activity level you know so that they can train hard and recover effectively Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean obviously in the book you know there's things like the sweet potato wedges uh, other root vegetables in the kind of like the side dish section but but yeah absolutely people definitely need to be eating carbohydrates but just getting on top of portion control is a, a big factor isn't it when we work with clients and stuff
1: yeah and also i mean that's why we put in mark systems um, his carb curve just to give people some a starting point to start to assess you know what their needs were and where they should um, sort of pitch their carbs their daily carb intake And also, um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with Paul Jaminet's work where he sort of suggests using, um, white rice as a, as a base, you know, just getting some safe starches in your diet. Um, and that was something I, I only sort of came across, um, in the last year and, I definitely think when people are doing intense exercise, um, you've you've got to start bringing those sort of safe starches in. Else, uh, you know, they tend to run into issues. Sort of long term, Um, there's only so long they can maintain a low carb, high fat diet and do this sort of intense exercise.
0: Right, right, yeah. I had Paul on the show actually. It was my first podcast, and yeah, he he mentioned that uh, you know in his book, I think he says you 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 need around twenty to thirty percent carbs. You don't need to do the traditional fifty. To sixty percent that most Americans eat, but uh, having some amount of carbs in your diet is going to help uh, help your body function optimally. But you don't need to overdo it. Yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. You have a chapter called caffeine, chocolate, and alcohol. That's the one that I always get. Are those <laughs> Are those foods okay to eat on a paleo diet?
1: um you know it's it's just individual choices again it's um what we wanted to do was just sort of um explain to people that yeah there's some benefits to chocolate but you you need really need to be looking for a dark chocolate and a good quality one um and again it's on the I love um, Paul Jaminet's Apple, where he puts it in the pleasure foods section. Um, And so it's just something that you have little and often um, as a treat. And same for for wine. Again, if people are willing to source, um, well, not wine, but any alcohol, and they want to include, you know, sort of on rare occasions, and if they source good quality, there can be some benefit, um, as studies have shown. I think it tends to come more from the fact that people you know, get a little bit of a um, a sense of, you know, serotonin from chocolate, or they relax when they have a little drink. So I think that's probably where some of the health benefits come from. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, in caffeine, caffeine is um, for us, you know, one coffee a day, you know, absolutely fine with that when we when our clients sort of come to us and, and talk about caffeine, but you find most Londoners are having nearer to six six to eight cups of coffee a day don't you usually so um again it's sort of just getting people to to take it back to being a pleasure food and something they really appreciate and and drink in in sort of decent quantities as well rather than having a pint size latte every morning on the way to work
2: that's something we work on quite a lot actually with our clients is you know rather than having you know alcohol caffeine chocolate in excess is is you know changing their their relationship with those kind of things and like keris just mentioned getting them to actually really appreciate them when they do have them so ensuring that they get really good quality coffee good quality organic chocolate and you know same goes with with wine as well and then actually enjoying it for what it is rather than just kind of you know getting two bottles of wine down you and a family size bar of chocolate you know
0: right right so how are you guys able to find plenty of grass-fed meats over in london how is that going for you
2: it's, 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 it's pretty easy now. Um, it's it's something that, because obviously the, the paleo diet, I mean, I know it's pretty huge in America, but it's something that's only, I'd say in about the last 18 to 24 months that started to get really quite popular over here. Um, whereas, you know, go back a couple of years, it was quite difficult to get hold of, of grass-fed meat. Whereas now, you know, any good butchers do grass-fed meat. And there's quite a lot of online uh, suppliers now that do really, really good quality meat and poultry over here so yeah I think we're doing quite well aren't
1: we? Yeah I think I mean most um, British meats are grass-fed but um, what's tending to happen is that all of our supermarkets are full of imported meats now um, and they do tend to be they're even labeled now that they're cereal fed. Um, so what we sort of said to people um, like our clients and people that we've worked with is just just check the labels. Um, but obviously, we prefer that you go to a butcher and can ask a few questions about, you know, where the meat is is sourced from. Um, but I think we're a bit luckier than the new guys in the sense that the majority of, of um, animals are still farmed using grass um, over here. I'd imagine that's going to change soon, but
0: mm-hmm. so what are the ch- some of the challenges that you guys face when you're working with your clients, um, both with uh, you know weight training and exercise and and moving to a more primal diet? Are there some things that can trip people up? I'd say uh,
2: one of the biggest problems I encounter with clients is, um, is is when they're kind of like faced with social situations um, yeah. you know if they're they're out for a work drinks or dinner or just out with friends generally who you know who aren't on the paleo diet that's when they tend to struggle you know if everybody else around them is drinking and yeah, eating bread or whatever else they want to eat and you know they, they they do struggle in those situations which I get I totally get I mean you know it's you know I've been in that position before and, and it is difficult, um, but at the same time, you know there, there are ways of getting around that. And you know we don't we certainly don't expect people to stop socialising, you know, because that'd be pretty boring. But, but yeah, I'd say that was the biggest problem that I'd face. Mm. I'd, do you agree?
1: Yeah, and I think well, the other thing is, um, I mean, lifestyles generally in London just tend to be a bit um, they're just quite full on, and so the hours that people work, um, you know, are quite excessive. And um, offices themselves just uh, usually are sort of a breeding ground for being a bit unhealthy in terms of Mm. the food that they offer and the drinks and the canteens. Um, all the refreshments and vending machines Um, often people struggle to get out of work um, on time to make a gym class or they're asked to go to work early and have to miss their gym workout and um, you know in London it's all sort of tubes and buses to get around so there's not much walking in in the fresh air so um, I think just generally city living and and I think sort of London living just works against you um, quite a lot but the more people sort of educate themselves and learn you know thanks to sort of podcasts like yours and and others that are going out there they're starting to make the adaptions that they need to and starting to almost insist aren't they that they could have you know sort of a lunch break whereas they've not been had almost allowed one at work before yeah Mm -hmm.
2: but also I mean something that we I I think you know because obviously we try and promote paleo as a as a lifestyle which it is you know like it's something that we took on and it's it's certainly part of our lives now whereas a lot of people we deal with day to day you know if we was to say i don't know put them on a 28 day fat loss plan you know that was going to get them absolutely shredded you know chances are they'd they'd commit to those 28 days no problem yet when you kind of give the impression that you know they they need to make these changes for the rest of their lives i think people find that a little bit daunting um Mm. because i think that they do think the paleo diet is bland it is boring and they're going to miss out on all these amazing foods so i think that's another challenge as well is Kind of actually getting people to make the changes for life, you know, rather than a, a temporary fix before a holiday or, or whatever it may be.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you guys? Uh, I know Mark Sisson talks about the eighty twenty rule. Is that something that you guys use with your clients?
1: um yeah I mean, we'd sort of treat each client individually and it depends if they're trying to heal um some digestive issues or um you know some skin problems then we tend to recommend sort of um, maybe a stricter version of the of the diet and if there's you know anything like autoimmune um issues going on as well and and then when their symptoms subside a little bit then they can look at sort of reintroducing some things but um I think, um because we 've managed to write the book and show them some really creative ways to eat healthily, most people don 't even need to cheat, do they or wouldn 't say it's, you know at the weekends they 're quite happy just having um you know the sort of paleo comfort foods or the cheats of champions and um and our version of a pizza instead of getting takeaway um
0: right right yeah especially when you've got something like matt's mighty scotch egg you really don't need to cheat (laughs) well you guys this is going to be my number one book that people when they ask me okay i get that all the time how do i start with the paleo diet you know what are some recipes and this is just a great book it's got a lot of quick recipes in it so i really appreciate you guys putting that out there and thanks so, so much for put, coming on the show today. It's been great talking with you.
2: Yeah, likewise, mate. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure.
0: You've been listening to another episode of Paleo Runner Podcast. For more information, go to paleorunner.org. Thanks for listening.